Land. This is Twig, Twig's Essie Reflections, episode number 59. I figure why not talk a little bit about the closing of sessions, right? Like episode 57, we were looking at the difficult start of some sessions or how we feel sometimes at the beginning of sessions. Some of us, not all of us, some of us, a little rugged getting going sometimes. But um, okay, that's part of the task, getting comfortable with that discomfort. And then there are times when the end of sessions becomes an issue, challenging, or what's the right thing to say, how to pull that off smoothly, make the transition out of our office, and um, for us, maybe meeting with the next client or some other responsibility in our lives, and our client hopefully leaving and taking some of that, hopefully, goodness that they just experienced with us, taking that along with them and letting it influence the rest of their day. What comes to mind? Well, one one thing that comes to mind is something that I've picked up over the years, noticing a lot of folks as I've helped them practice in their sessions and even myself paying attention to the words that we use at the close of a session. And I think it's important. I think it's important to think about which words, which particular words we use when we go toward closing a session. And I think the more challenging phrase for clients is we're about out of time or we're going to run out of time or our time's going to come to an end. About out of time, our time's going to come to an end. We're running out of time. Like naming the the timing of the last hour it and and calling it an end you know maybe it really doesn't matter and maybe it doesn't matter for some people but i'm i'm certain it must matter for somebody that it must feel a little bit like the catastrophic word but when you say yeah but this that and the other thing and right away what is felt on the other side sometimes consciously recognized sometimes not is that that word but simply negates everything else that came before now, we might not mean to do that, and so maybe it doesn't always happen, but with some sensitive or some sensitivity, a person can easily hear the word but and think, oh, everything that was just before that is negated now because this is more important. Well, coming to the, um, like, you know, our time is running out, it, I don't know, doesn't it, does it just, does it have a little bit of that? I think it does, like, hmm. So I, I tend to think about the words that I use and look for words that suggest a pause or coming to a close for today. The notion being that I'm trying to establish the rhythm of this session to the next session to the next session, a certain kind of continuity between things. And if that's the case, I, I tend to look for words like this. Would this be an okay place for us to come to a close for today or for a pause for now? Those are a little bit of how I might go about that, just thinking that through. And definitely trying to be careful. Be careful of the words end and, you know, you're out of my time. You're out of you're out of your time with me. I don't know. That's a thing for me. I think about that. Well, there are there are issues though, right? About enough time. Here's an issue. When we're first meeting with new clients and we come to the close of our time, 
sometimes we might have the, and now some of you won't have this at all. Some of you are way seasoned and, and certainly you'd have this limit far worked out. But some of us, some of us might have the tendency or the, yeah, the tendency to stretch the session a little bit to maybe try to give the new client some extra time and attention or some extra explanation. One of the, one of the a marketing issue actually for helping people become interested, setting the hook, as I sometimes call that, think about that as like getting a person to be interested and invested in this process. You know, we, we meet for the first session and part of the task is to make it so that the people want to come back. <laughs> which is kind of an interesting both challenge and um, there are multiple issues at, at play there. One is we're trying to not overwhelm a person in our first meeting. And some of our clients, that actually might happen if we don't take quite a lot of control over what happens in the first session. Some people are conditioned to pretty exaggerated therapy or or just they have high high intensity states just at the surface and then our task is to almost try to slow this down into a nothingness session at the same time we're probably trying to get across the idea that we know what we're talking about or that we've got something to offer or that we can see their problem in a unique kind of way or that we can offer a new kind of solution that is hopefully felt you know if we get the opportunity to play with some of it or it's at least thought of as a as a viable new kind of different thing. There are all these ways we're trying to get people's attention and, and kind of in, help them invest in this process. And at the same time, we're, um, we're limited to an hour, you know, and maybe because we want, we want them to really get the value of this and see how much this is going to help and see what the you know, goodness in here is, maybe either by practicing more, inviting more activity, more SE tracking kind of stuff, or by explaining more and more about how this is helpful for that or this or this, and how we can, we can kind of like talk a person through the whole thing as much as possible. Maybe we extend 10, 20, 30 minutes beyond the original contract of the time of the session. And, you know, in parentheses, some sessions just naturally need longer than an hour. You know, when it comes to biology, true, organic, intelligent, moving biology, who cares about the clock? You know, at some level, we got to, we got to not see this as a time bound kind of thing, but a time limited kind of thing. It's got its own limits. Well, that's when it's all good and groovy, you know, and it's all like, oh, this is the organic thing happening and we need to give it its own spaciousness to unfold and complete. The, the first session is probably not that right? I mean, maybe on the rare lucky occasion, you're working with a client who's really fluent in what we're doing, what you're doing and your words, and you're able to kind of just have that magic session. But that's pretty rare, right? First sessions, people don't exactly know what you're talking about. And you're, you're still introducing things and, and helping to get that you are in the same room that they have a problem that you have an aid for that they want your assistance and getting that aid. And then you get to the end of the session, and it's been an hour and there's really no reason for it to extend past that hour, except maybe the client is asking for more time based on their questions and enthusiasm, or maybe you're staying longer in order to give extra, not you, you, the listener, but the person who might find themselves in this situation where they're giving more time after the end of the session. 
and that that's okay <laughs> just think about that whether or not you want to be doing that and definitely the first second third sessions realizing that those are quote initial conditions yeah Stephen Huskinson leans on that line very nicely initial conditions these are the setting conditions that's kind of a phrase that you hear Stephen Porges use sometimes these are the setting conditions of how other sessions are going to happen now when you're setting this up when you're establishing the rhythm of what happens in your office that's um that's going to last people are going to see the first second third sessions as the template for what's going to happen in the fifth eighth tenth session and if the the template is set up at the beginning as we run over the session time just keep in mind that that's going to have to be re recontracted later on and if you instead hold your session space your timing to be more accurate to what you anticipate should happen in the future that's um that's something well what else is in the end of sessions well you know at the end of sessions there's um there's often a freeze kind of thing at the end of the session time the planned session time you know maybe we've gone into freeze we've allowed freeze it's happened because there was no way to stop it or redirect it or it happened because it was the right thing to do or we just missed it um, any number of different reasons that we might end up in a freeze sequence immobility time passing more time passing the clock ticks you look at your watch you think about how your next client's going to be in the waiting room you see the time approaching and you think oh what do i do now how do i how do i wake this person about a freeze you know of course one of the things we're trying not to do is have mixed signals so if we've already allowed freeze to come or if it already came and we kind of let it go because we couldn't do anything else we've gone into this freeze sometimes that's going to be very productive sometimes it's not depending on initial conditions perhaps but nevertheless sometimes it's going to last longer than the planned session time and because we don't want to give any mixed messages or we're trying to minimize those if we've permitted freeze hopefully you know we don't want to just like ask people to snap out of it or to negate that permission to allow freeze by saying okay now get out of that come out of that freeze wake up this is a this is kind of a conundrum you know sometimes you have to like oh I missed that I shouldn't have let that freeze happen or oh this freeze is going longer than I thought it was gonna go I'm gonna have to make that transition out of freeze to close the session and you might do a little calculation and say maybe if I give them five more minutes they'll wake up on their own and then I won't have to do the interruption and then you get you know you get five minutes to the end of your hour and you're like oh no I should have gone ahead and made it they're not gonna come out I should have woken them up already and now it's okay I'll give them like two more minutes oh now I'll give them three more minutes now you're an hour and ten minutes in and your person in the waiting room is waiting and and it can feel pretty inelegant it can feel pretty inelegant it's like how am I gonna wake this person up I'm gonna give this conflicting message and I've already been giving the extra time that they could stay longer and now they don't maybe know it because they're in freeze and not paying attention in that way but I know that when they see the clock they're gonna see that they were in here for an hour and 20 minutes and it's just all this who what do you do um I don't know <laughs> you know to, to be honest I think you just kind of do your best that's mostly what you do and you try to let freeze happen when you when you see the evidence that there's momentum and 
vibrancy and the pendulation going into it so that this person's going to like kind of be in the free state. They're going to let that happen. It's going to move through. You've already seen some evidence that things change for them. It's not just going to stall out. And you've got some evidence about what this freeze is all about, how long it needs to go. It's If it's a surgery, you kind of know that you need more time. You know, if it's just a, a passing freeze, you're, you know, you're just available to help it go into that. When it starts to signal that it's moving through, you're available to help the person notice that change of its own. And then other times when you see, wow, this is just a compulsive, compulsive freeze or compulsory freeze, and it doesn't really do anything. It just kind of gets stuck in there. Various different other elements like that. There aren't any self-protective responses, you know, reestablished so that the person were to come out of freeze, their body wouldn't really have that communication that says, now I know what to do now. So there are these different reasons that you might try to avoid freeze, right? And and that's one of the best ways to helping your sessions end at the right time is being able to predict, should this freeze state be allowed to happen or should this freeze state not be allowed to happen? And when it's when it should be paused or other things should get got in place. Um, like, I don't know, other people probably offer these up too. I did it a little bit in a episode. No, it's a pod. It's a blog post on necessary conditions for freeze, completion of freeze, successful completion of freeze, something like that. It's early in the thing. SE reflections by twig. Well, if you, if you can avoid going into freeze episodes that, aren't going to be productive and aren't going to easily move through or move through at their own pace with enough time laid out for them to be successful. If you can avoid those, then you can avoid this disruption at the end of the session where you might have to wake somebody up out of freeze. And so that's a, that's a good thing to think about. When it comes to having to wake somebody up out of freeze, I find myself often hedging, like I was kind of pretending a few minutes ago, I kind of hedge it to see like, if I give them two more minutes, if I give them three more minutes, and if there's the whole waiting room conflict that's going to come or some other timing kind of thing that I know is going to happen, I usually just hold a line that I say about 10 minutes to the end of the session, right? Now, as you continue there, just letting yourself be, and at the same time as you're letting yourself be, we're just going to consider the possibility, considering the possibility that we might sometime soon start to gently come back into the room we're in now and then easily taking your eyes just at your own pace, no hurry, at your eyes, letting your eyes slowly open and come back into the room that you're in now and just slowly seeing, seeing the things around you, seeing the world around you. And now a bunch of what I just did there is patter from Peter, Peter Levine, like certainly um, considering the possibility, that's like a, a classic. So, you know, there's a thing about when you do that, that you're trying to make the transition out of the freeze kind of as smooth as possible. So that if you were to say, maybe mention eyes without first mentioning, even with your eyes closed, like that's that's a line, right? Even with your eyes closed, maybe you just let your eyes kind of move around a little bit. Now, that's a great line when the eyes are moving spontaneously. 
It's also a good line for helping somebody to slowly wake up out of freeze. Maybe you just let yourself just slowly feel your eyes moving back and forth. Now, it's important to say first, even with your eyelids closed, because if you say your eyes without saying even with your eyelids closed or, oh, just continuing as you are first, then the person might pop out of that. And so this is my point. We're trying not to make the movement, the transition out of freeze too abrupt, particularly when we're inviting it. You know, um, we'd, we'd just like to kind of... <laughs> gently get across that idea that we are changing your behavior, changing your allowance now into a directed action when we were just in a permissive action. So, um, am I getting this across? Are you getting this? Nod with me here. Yes, we make this smooth transition out of freeze. You can come up with all kinds of different lines to do that with. You need to do it about 10 minutes or so before the end of the session. You are aware that you are have already given this permission, even if it was reluctant, this freeze thing has happened and now you're going to say, okay, now don't let the freeze thing continue to happen. And you're trying to make it so that when you get to freeze again, there isn't a conditioning for, okay, allow it for a certain amount of time and then don't let it happen anymore. Or don't let it happen at all because every time we go into it, we just get woken up out of it. So we're trying not to condition for the for some contrivance to happen next time. So we're going to try to make this transition out of it as smooth as possible, but have enough time to get the person kind of back into themselves and back into the room and ready to leave your office more or less about the right time that closes the official session time, which if you're interrupting an incomplete freeze might very well take longer than 10 minutes. And you kind of need to be able to see that, like this is a really deep, heavy freeze kind of thing. This might take several rounds of kind of waking up and then it coming back and waking up against it and coming back and waking up against it. You know, so we might have to do this invitation back into the room 15 minutes before the end of the session. Whereas other times it could maybe just take one minute or 30 seconds and the person kind of like moves their eyes around and they look around and they, you know, come back. So there, that's, that's a thing. The amount of time that you give a person before the end of the session and the, the resolution that you keep inside of yourself that says, unless this is really productive, I, this is just advice, so I'll give it to you that way. Um, unless it's really productive, unless you can see this freeze is really productive and you've allowed it to happen, you're coming to the, somewhere in the proximity of the close of the session, Unless it's really productive, it's probably not so great to do that thing that I do sometimes, which is to hedge the edge of the session and just see, okay, you know, well, maybe if I give them a few more moments, they'll kind of come to of their own. And instead to kind of hold something of a line that says, okay, about 10 minutes in, 12 minutes in, toward the end of the session, toward the close, I'm going to come in and do this re-invitation. And you might find that you have to repeatedly or regularly bring that invitation and the 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 value of that in, invitation up not the value but the the intensity like it could very well be that you offer it at 10 minutes and they kind of take it kind of don't and then at eight minutes you have to do it again but then you add just a tiny little bit more force if you have to do it again at the six minute mark and if you don't well this can happen you kind of give over the offer Oh, maybe we just consider the opportunity or the option of slowly starting to come back into the room and take a look around. Maybe you 
make that offer at 10 minutes and they don't take it. And then you make it about as the same depth at eight minutes and they still don't take it. You could just about be ready to convince them that you don't mean it, in which case it, it has happened before, <laughs> knowing this because it's happened in my sessions, where they don't take it. I don't increase the, the force of the invitation. And in fact, they just go back off into freeze. And now I'm in a conflicted position where I'm like, well, do I, did I just let them go back? Or, you know, now if I come in and interrupt this, is it just that much more out of phase, you know? So yeah, that's always a, a little thing there. So just, you know, if you offer something and it's not taken, you might give it the right amount of pause or time, but then come in. And when you do the next offer, try to increase your sincerity behind it so as to try to get them to say, oh, this is something I have to do. Well, off of advice, what else happens at the end of sessions? So many more things. But it, fortunately, I'm not going to get exhaustive on you. I'll just let you think about it. Like, what are the words you use at the close of your session? Like, how long to the end of the session do you signal we're going to be coming to the end of the session? How often do you let it go past the end of the session, particularly when you're meeting with new people and trying to establish the contract and the rhythm of what's going to happen in your sessions in your office? Maybe I'll leave it at those for today, and I'll just wish you all well out there. Okay? Okay. Take good care now. Bye-bye. And here's a simple little tracking twig comment. I'll be in Seattle between October 24th and 26th, meeting with SE students and former clients. If any of you want to come out and meet with me, happy to meet with you. Liberationispossible.org backslash schedule. Okay, that's that.